Welcome to Commending and Contending, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Australia. I'm your host, Jonathan Holt. The Gospel Coalition Australia exists to assist Australian Christians to remain convinced of the truth and power of the gospel, to commend and contend for the gospel in our lives and our ministries, and to foster connections between individuals, ministries, and churches so that we can most effectively advance the gospel in Australia. Joining me on today's episode is Council Member Ying Yi. Ying, welcome to the episode. Thanks, uh, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Not everyone's had a chance to meet you, Ying, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, where do you want me to begin? I mean, I can go back to prehistory, but um, I'm Australian-born Chinese. I was born back in the late 50s, so 58, actually, so I was uh, coming to my 60, 50. I've got my seniors card recently. That sounds pretty old. Um, I became a Christian when I was in high school. Uh, dear scripture teacher led me to Christ, uh, and then... Uh, I started attending my church back in uh, 1972. So I've been a Christian since 1972. That's a long time. But I've been at my church since 1972. And uh, I not only became a Christian at school, I was challenged to become, I was challenged to take the gospel more seriously at school. So I started, you could, they call it not, you know, they call it when I went to university, sort of um, cold turkey evangelism. I just started doing that when I was in high school in year 10. I kept doing it when I went to university. I was challenged to think seriously about ministry. And I went into gospel ministry and went trained as a, to be a pastor, went to more college, then went back to my home church to serve. So I've been serving there all my time, basically. Been a long time, actually. So, you know, you, I've been in my church now, what's that, 72, 90, nearly 51 years, I think it is. Is that 51 years? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how has God been encouraging you recently? Um, that's a good question. The one thing I'm always encouraged, and I'm always reminded that uh, Jesus keeps coming to my church and the Holy Spirit keeps working in my church. Because, you know, my church is like every other church, quite a messy church. We have our conflicts. We have our problems. Um, we have our plans um, and our programs. But, you know, they keep falling apart. I mean, back in 2020, we had our big programs and plans and then COVID hit us. Um, there was a period in our church that was quite dark with lots of internal conflict. But the most astonishing thing I found through it all is that uh, Jesus was still coming to church with us at, at CCC. And I was surprised to find that the Holy Spirit was still working in the church. And what I mean by that is that people were still growing as Christians. Uh, still, People were still struggling with sin. And when I mean struggling with sin, I mean that they haven't given up. They were still fighting sin in their life. Um, I was astonished to find that people were still coming to church and wanted to find out more about Jesus. And when I kept thinking, and when I kept talking to people and looking and watching, I was quite amazed that the Spirit of God was still working and still coming to church and doing His sanctifying work in the lives of people. And you know, so one thing I keep reminding people is that Jesus hasn't given up in our church. He still actually loves coming to church with us. And that the Spirit still loves coming to church with us and still keep quietly, and He's very quiet and sort of gentle and unseen way, just sanctifying people. So I, I have to tell you now, that's the one thing that keeps, I'm always reminded of every, over the years. So I've been that, like I said, I've been that church for so many decades, but it never fails to surprise me how 
the Spirit continues to do His quiet, unseen work in just growing people, leading people to faith, challenging and transforming their lives to holiness and so like that. It's quite astonishing. So that's that's the thing that's been encouraging me over the many, many years. And it still encourages me today. When we're commending the gospel of Jesus, uh, sometimes we feel a little disappointed by our friendships at church. It's almost like our friends outside church are better friends than the ones inside church. You've noticed this as well, haven't you, Ying? Yeah, I've had lots and lots of conversations about that uh, with people at church. Uh, I still remember talking to a young man who used to be one of our youth leaders, but for some reason he did a 180 on us and he turned away from the faith. And when I caught up with him, I asked him what happened. That was his response, that his non-Christian friends were much better. And that got me thinking. And, I, you know, I, I threw that question to one of my uh, dear friends at church. She's a pretty serious Christian, Christian, and she still is today. And I threw that question to her, reflecting on what happened to this young man. And she said to me, yeah, sometimes that's what I think. And that got me, that got me thinking. If my if one of my friends who used to be a Christian has turned away, thought that, and one of my other friends who's still a serious Christian thinks that, then it got me thinking, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? And that got me thinking for a long time. And I think the one reason why our non-Christian friends, and I wrote this in an article many years ago, uh, this was actually the, the reason why I wrote the article for that, you know, one of the reasons I find why why many of our f- Christian friends think that our non-Christian friends are better is because we actually get to choose our non-Christian friends. And so it's obvious that when you choose a friend, you choose someone that you like, you choose someone that you share the common interests. And so, but the problem with church is that you don't get to choose your friend. God chooses your friends. And the, and the most astonishing thing is that, the people that God chooses to be at church with you are not necessarily the people that you have chosen in a previous life, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's like family, isn't it? You get to choose your friends, but you don't choose your siblings. And church is no different. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your siblings. God is the one who chooses your siblings for you. And I find the most astonishing, even more so, is often the people that God chooses to be your siblings or to be your church members are not necessarily the most likable people. You could just think of Jesus' uh, choosing of the 12 disciples or apostles. On the one hand, you had uh, a zealot. On the other hand, you have a tax collector. Now, you know what they're like. There's, uh, It's like choosing um, you know, Second World War. It's like choosing Chinese and Japanese to be bed friends. It's like choosing uh, Jews and Nazi Germans. I mean, how crazy can you get that? And... And I find that happening all the time. People that come to church are not necessarily the people I would have chosen, but they're the one that God chose, chose for me to learn how to love. That's why church is always difficult. That's why it's easier to love your non-Christian friends because you choose them. It's so hard to love your church friends because God chooses them for you. Are you saying that in a way the people God puts in church with us are there to sanctify us, help us learn how to love? Oh, absolutely. I mean, remember what Jesus said? Even the world knows how to love their friends. You know, tax collectors do it all the time. But Jesus said, you've got to be different to that. 
You know, you've got to love your enemies. And guess what? I used to think that the enemies were always outside the church. But I came to realize the enemies were inside the church. And Jesus puts those sort of people, yeah, to teach us what true love is. And when you think about it, one of the things about the gospel coalitions, we're talking about commending the gospel. We, we believe in a, a gospel which is that unconditional love. Well, when I choose my friends, I'm talking about I'm choosing people that I can love easy. That's not unconditional love. That's just conditional love. But the best place I learned unconditional love is actually at church because God chooses sort of very people that's very hard to get along with. And yes, you're right. It's the way and it's the instrument where God is teaching us to know how to love others like Jesus loved us. So that's why it's interesting when often I remember reflecting on John 13, 33, 34. Jesus says, you know, love one another. And he says, not as the way the world does. He says, love one another as I have loved you. And that means that the way we love each other is actually unconditional, without end, without terms and conditions. And church is a great place to practice that. I tell you what, it is a great place to practice that. So when you're on your way to church and you know you're going to be there with people who maybe aren't going to be easy to get along with, or you're they're not going to be the most lovable people. What do you do to make sure you're ready and able to love the people you come across at church? Oh, oh Jonathan, that's a great question. I'm not sure I have conquered that question yet. Uh, what I do, I, 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 okay, let me just think out loud here. Uh, I haven't thought in terms of a systematic way. I just do it right. I think a couple of things I keep thinking about. One, I got to remember. Uh, I've got to remember that this is actually normal. The struggle of coming to church to love someone that's unlovable is actually normal because that's the nature of church, right? So when I go there and I find difficult people, I remind myself I should not be surprised. That's the first thing. I should not be surprised. Um, I think the second thing I got to remember that God chose these people to for me to love. I didn't choose them. God chose them. So, And and God loves them, and I've got to keep remembering that God loves them, regardless even if I might have difficulty loving them. Uh, I remember that, um, you know, it's like my children. When they have fights, I keep reminding them that I love them both. I love them all, actually, the three of them. I love them all regardless, and I want them to know that I love each one of them. And I have to keep reminding myself that the person that I have problems with is the person that God chose and that God who's uh, made part of my family and I have to learn to love them as my siblings. And I think the third thing is to keep reminding myself the way that God has loved me is how I need to love them. So those are some of the things I got to keep reminding myself. But I think the fourth thing I do is in praying for strength and grace because it's not easy. So I pray for strength and grace. And, uh, and I suppose maybe also perseverance. So that's what I've got to do Sunday by Sunday. So one thing that I always do before I go to church, uh, when I go to church uh, with my wife, is that we are always praying for an opportunity, uh, for an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else at church. That's what I constantly pray for. And surprisingly, no, not surprisingly, God gives me, the, God always answers that prayer. And that, changes the way I'm thinking. I'm not going to church to think about what I'm going to get. I'm going to church to think about how I can serve others and to love others regardless of who they might be, no matter how difficult they might be. 
and no diff no matter how difficult conversation might be, I'm going there to love them. Now, I'm not always successful, mind you, but I'm working on it. Ying, what's a resource at the Gospel Coalition Australia website that you'd like to recommend our listeners go and have a look at? Yeah, it's a good question. I um I have a good friend named Adam Chung. He's a he's the senior pastor of Cross and Crown, and he wrote a great article many years ago, or not many years ago, not long ago, called uh, Five Dysfunctions of an Eldership of an Eldership Team." That was helpful for me to think through because one of the difficulties of one of the difficulties of church life, well, as you could say, the problem of church life always begins with the top leadership. If the leadership team can't get to working together, then it's going to flow on to the rest of the church. So that's why I've always found that I've got to make sure it works in the top leadership team because we have to work how to work together, love each other for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, and so on like that. And the impact that has onto the rest of the church. And I found this article helpful. It is talking about how we work together, how the uh, leadership teams work together, roles, responsibility. But nevertheless, I found that uh, I found that a lot of times in churches, um, that's where the problems of church life begin. And so we can't learn how to work together at the top level. It's very hard to ask anyone at the lay level to work together and to love each other. So I found that one good. There's another article, another one podcast I found was helpful, just a recent one. Well, it was done back in 2009 by Tim Dyer. Tim Dyer is a sort of a leadership development guy, very big on conflict management and helping churches revive. And and I've just started listening to that podcast. I commend that podcast to others because he touches on a uh, a big issue which all of us have to sort out, and that's conflict within churches. So there are two, two resources I found uh, very, very helpful. Yeah, thanks. We'll put links to both of those in the show notes for this episode. Ying, thanks for joining me on Commending and Contending. No problems. Thanks a lot for having me, Jonathan. This podcast is made by the Gospel Coalition Australia. You can help us by sharing this episode uh, with your church friends, your non-church friends, maybe a Bible study group or community group. Also, if you go to our website, you can make a donation to grow the networks of Australian voices speaking the gospel to Australians.